social media for beautiful food and inspiration. When the bombs come along So I fight with the dying When you can rest and be dead We all need survival Like a hole in the head Pray you're safe and you're sound Not sleep in the ground Pray the first fucking target Is this quaint little town When the gas came you choked When the fun came you drowned What you gonna do When no one comes for you oh, What you gonna do When the consequences come for you You better, better make a plan For the wasteland so what's your plan for the wasteland? Ain't got no plan for the wasteland Thinking I'll go Sam for the wasteland You're a bitch of pen for the wasteland You got no plan for the wasteland So what you gonna do When no one comes for you You better, better make a plan for the wasteland You better, better make a plan for the wasteland Friday evening, it's time for Down Ballot.
This show is live every Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash media. So if you're listening on the podcast, head on over to Twitch and give us a follow. Also, donate money to us at patreon.com slash echoplex. If you're listening to this as a podcast for the first time, make sure you follow, subscribe to the podcast so we can get our get ourselves some of those sweet, sweet, sweet chart results from places like Ukraine. I'm producer Dave, and you can find me a damn near anywhere. And this is the councilman. Uh, as always, you can find me at uh, T-H-E underscore councilman on Twitter, um, where you can no longer find Donald J. Trump. Or Rush Limbaugh. Or Rush Limbaugh. And uh, you can't find uh, Sean Hannity at Olive Garden, apparently, either. I'm not even sure if that's true, but it's funny. I want to believe. <laughs> I want to believe. The good wife believes. She's the one that tweeted it to me. Uh, I feel like so how you doing, Bruce Dave? How, how you feeling uh, two days post-insurrection? I don't know. I feel like I told you so. Right? We've been telling the folks for four fucking years, at least six years. Since 2015, we've been like Pinsed. talking about conspiracy theory and sure we were like drunk and making fun of it, but we're also we're saying, hey, uh, this is going to be a problem, I think. <laughs> Some of us were just stoned, um, but that, that was probably prob- part, of the, part of the problem or maybe part of the uh, prescience. Who knows? Um, but yeah, if, if only they'd listened to the Plex, you know, the Capitol Police would have known what they were doing. Uh, or maybe they were complicit, who knows. But I'm sure you'll talk about that quite a bit. We'll talk about that a bit, a bit later. And you'll get to that on the Sunday show, I'm sure, as well. Because the world, as we know, has gone red light. That's yeah, why we're like, red today. There's like no point in putting stories for the Sunday show and any on any particular part of the docket or the other. Right. It's just all, it's all one miasma of red light. Uh, well, we do try to keep an organized docket here in Down Ballot. So uh, leading off... Um, story that you found about a local protest uh, uh, against uh, our government trying to do its duty. Democratic duty. Yeah, this happened in Los Gatos. Not too terribly surprised. I believe there was also one somewhere in San Jose. Um, Not an expert. Uh, I believe the newscasters might be experts, though, and they might be able to give us some more information on it. So let's, let's, let's let this clip roll. Awesome. It wasn't just Washington, D.C. There were also a number of pro-Trump rallies here in the Bay Area. One of them turned violent briefly. You see both of those in the South Bay. NBC Bay Area's Robert Honda, Janelle, is in Los Gatos with the story. It was a very hectic day with noisy confrontations going on at pro-Trump rallies in San Jose and Los Gatos. But it was the incident here in Los Gatos that got violent. Let go of him! It changed so suddenly. One minute, a group of about 15 pro-Trump supporters were staging a rally downtown when witnesses claim a man driving by shot a small firearm, possibly an air pistol, at the crowd. He didn't hit anyone, but those witnesses say the man parked, got out, and attacked a woman holding a flag. He grabs her, flips her on, and throws her on the ground. And that's when I went over and grabbed the guy, threw him on the ground, and grabbed his hair and pinned him until the cops came up and arrested him. The woman was treated for a head wound at the scene. Praise God, hallelujah, we're here to take back our country. <laughs> in San Jose, a group oh. of Vietnamese for Trump led a late morning rally in the Little Saigon district, claiming the election was rigged. Of course they did. But a coalition of anti-Trump organizations, including Black Outreach and San Jose Roll Call, disrupted the rally, a clash that brought San Jose police. Where's San Jose Antifa? Do they have as much right to be out here with their First Amendment? Of course they do. Do they have the right to 
to get into people's faces and call them names? Yes, actually, yes. if they don't touch you, yes, they do. Yeah, if, if, and especially if you're a racist pig, like I'm, I reserve the right to call you a racist pig. If you want to like slap me around for that, that's your problem, and you will go to jail. No one and can film it. No, they don't. Yes, they do. To the union, and I'm talking about the the Trump supporters out there. He lost. He lost. It is not easy to predict what will happen as president. Wish he would have dropped a cope down his term, but his supporters here in the South Bay say they plan to continue weekly rallies. In Ooh. Los Gatos, Robert Honda, NBC Bay Area News. Oh, Los Gatos is always where it pops off. Apparently, uh, no matter what's going down, you can always find some shit happening in Los Gatos. Um, Bruce Dave, have you partied in Los Gatos? We tried to, but it sucked. Yeah, like recently, or uh, just are you talking like historically? Just like we, I mean, not, obviously not recently. People aren't going out partying, but you know, sure. me and me and the tax man, Mister Brandon, would go. You know, we we were well known figures on Campbell Avenue, right? So sometimes we'd be like, "Oh, what's going on in downtown Los Gatos?" And what we found out is that it was not very good. The nightlife wasn't as fun. The restaurants weren't as interesting. The yeah. bars were like there was just too many dudes and not enough women like in the bars and stuff. Very fancy restaurants in Las Gatas. seems like, I don't know, like almost too, almost too fancy for me and the good wife. Um, there's good stuff there. I don't know if you've been to that chowder house. You've been to that Billy's Boston chowder house before. Ooh, no, I haven't. I do like a good bowl of chowder. That's, or that's the a, one. It's not expensive. A, it's yeah. It's not yeah. like kind of, it's not like overdone or whatever. It's quite good. Nice. Or maybe, you know, a cup of chowder in a sourdough bread roll. I'm, I'm that kind of white person. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, um, 16 Tones in the chat is asking, is this Antifa versus Antifa? I think that's, that's the uh, question of the week. It seems like that's what Fox News wants us to believe. Um, anywho, but yeah, uh, Los Gatos has always struck me as... Um, a, a town that's on the verge of something of just of chaos whether it be uh the residents up in arms about beach traffic or um you know this more conservative element up in arms about how they're uh they're marginalized in our our incredibly progressive region um but yeah uh always something going on down there so so be careful if you're going down down main street uh, well, meanwhile, um, as the protesters uh, and the uh, pro-Trumpers were clashing in Los Gatos, uh, the mayor of San Jose was very sad about what happened in Washington, D.C. Live now in San Jose, where the mayor today called for President Trump to be tried for sedition. Amber. I know where she's standing. Mayor Sam Licardo and others tell me what happened today is concerning and that it points to the need for our country to unite. This is a deeply troubling moment for our country. Uh, it pains all of us, it sickens us to see our Capitol building under siege, our government under attack. San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo is a former federal prosecutor. He says President Donald Trump should be tried for sedition, publicly inciting the use of unlawful means to undermine the will of the electorate. The only way we're going to be able to ensure this doesn't happen again is set a clear example. And no one is above the law. And presidential immunity does not extend to criminal prosecution. But this is happening to us now, after hundreds of years of being a democracy, is really 
stunning and scary. Political science professor Melissa Michelson with Menlo College says this type of revolt usually happens in countries with a new and struggling democracy. That what happened in the nation's capital is a sign that our democracy is not as strong as it could be. I don't actually think our democracy is going to crumble, but this should be a wake-up call. We're here today to condemn the violence. In San Francisco, community groups held a virtual rally in response to the chaos on Capitol Hill. I think this is kind of direct and to the point. This man was among the few who showed up in the Castro before learning that the rally had been moved online to prevent the spread of oh. COVID-19. The president's behavior today is um, just completely egregious. It's literally like a coup that is going on. Like people are trying to stop like our democracy happening. We're not going to allow the violent acts of a few to undermine our democratic institutions and the forward progress of our country. Professor Michelson urges those who question the results of the election to take their fight to the ballot box. That's the way democracy works and that's how it will survive. Julie? Amber Lee reporting live for us tonight in San Jose. Amber, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Amber. I'm very, I'm very worried about the Coupe de Ville that happened the other day. I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to harsh on the, harsh on somebody too bad for uh, spelling a word, like saying a word, like through its phonetic spelling that maybe they're not, um, it's not part of the vernacular, you know? I, I feel you. I'm, I, I sympathize and I'm still going to crack a joke because I'm that kind of wise ass. Um, and I'm not ashamed. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the mayor taking the, the moral high ground as always, um, except when he doesn't. Um, and it's the same mayor, of course, that presided over me getting shot with rubber bullets last June for doing nothing more than sitting in a park. Um, and my buddy, Derek, well, not my buddy, but everyone's buddy, uh, Derek Sanderlin getting shot in the nuts and possibly, um, sterilized for life, um, for pretty much standing around peacefully protesting. Um, and yet this happens. And now the mayor's up in arms and the, and the president has to be charged with sedition. It helps him politically to say this and it gets him on the news. So, and he got him on down ballot. Um, but I don't want to give him too much credit. I did want to bring, I did want to bring it here though. Um, just to get the local flavor and see the, the local reaction. And it, his reaction is not, uh, uncommon to almost, uh, all elected officials locally. Um, they are all condemning this. Um, but there is quite a bit of talk about, uh, what went down here, uh, in San Jose and around our area, um, around the time of the, uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests uh, and uh, the George Floyd protests um, in the middle of last year uh, and the overreach of law enforcement and the over um, policing that we saw and the under policing that we see in this case when it's a bunch of uh, white supremacist Chewbacca cosplay looking motherfuckers <laughs> with Trump flags invading yeah. the Capitol. The interesting I'll call them interesting conversations I've seen have been on the uh, comment threads of like local news websites that have been covering this because people are like, well, how is this any different than Black Lives Matter? And I'm like, well, the Black Lives Matter protesters were nowhere near the Capitol, not trying to get inside the Capitol. And then the Capitol Police, along with, uh, I think, Department of Homeland Security, gassed them so that Trump could go hold a Bible. I mean, it's right. not, they, they weren't anywhere near the Capitol. They were on, like, I think the Capitol Mall, or that's kind of part of the Capitol area, but they weren't, like, trying to go inside the Capitol. 
Right. This is like they were in like, you know, Lafayette Square across the street from from the White House. Um, again, peacefully protesting, gathered. Right. But not making any sort of assault on the White House um, by any means. Um, and by the way, at that during those uh, demonstrations, uh, the White House and the president erected nine foot tall steel fences around um, the entire uh, grounds of the White House. So they were much more prepared and much better prepared than the Capitol police were to defend the Capitol. And there's, I'm sure there's very good intention behind that. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a, a complete disconnect, I think in our country in terms of how these things are dealt with. Cause as everyone has said, there's just no, there's no way that, um, that those, uh, if, if those folks who marched on the Capitol uh, on Wednesday were, you know, black and Brown folks, um, that, you know, there wouldn't have been an absolute bloodbath. Yeah, I was, well, we're, more on that later, because I covered it live, yeah. and I've seen some things. Yeah, yeah, I've for sure. Um, so, so uh, Sam LaCarta was not the only one who had a sad and was speaking out. Um, one of the uh, Congress members who was actually there and actually experienced this firsthand, uh, our good friend Eric Swallowell uh, from, from uh, up in the East Bay. Uh, Dan Badondi's favorite congressperson. Dan Badondi's favorite congressperson, Eric Swallowell. Or Swalwell, if you're you know into brevity. Um, so this is his take on, uh, or at least part of his take. He's he's been on TV quite a bit, but uh, on, on the proceedings. SNG's mobile. Oh man! Or or it's an ad. God damn it! They oh, tricked us. Well. Did you see that? Yeah, they did. They totally. It was a hoodwink or fake. It was a head fake. Tricked. It us. was sh shenanigans. Oh man. Well, if anyone needs carpet, I guess you know it's on sale. Good for you if you need carpet. I've got hardwood. But it's, it's you know, it needs some work. Nice and hard. This is a, this is a long fucking commercial. Here we go. I know, right? There we go. It's good to see you. It's very good to see that you are okay and that all your colleagues are okay. When this breach happened, you were actually on the floor. Can you tell us what you saw and heard? Uh, thanks, Reggie. Uh, you know, I, I'm okay. My staff are safe. Uh, sadly, uh, five uh, people died uh, in this assault. Our country is still under assault as we see plans and intentions uh, to continue an effort like this uh, into the inauguration. I think a member uh, of Congress could get an floor. Ethernet cable. Um, you know, I, I was a part of the leadership team on the floor for the certification of the Electoral College and, you know, started to see an escalation outside uh, of the floor uh, where protesters uh, had breached the Capitol, uh, made their way to the House floor, and uh, you, you started to hear uh, the flashbangs from the Capitol Police with their... Eric Swalwell looks like the kind of guy who might have gone out and put up his dukes. <laughs> like, well, You know what? Um, uh, we can get to it in a second, but uh, I, actually, I, I will find the video uh, from the live feed on C-SPAN. But um, he almost did come to blows with some uh, Republican Congress members uh, during the debate after they returned to, to the floor later on that night. It was really late at night. And... One of them got called a liar and they didn't like that. So they, I think, basically, I think that someone was saying, like, let's take this outside <laughs> to swallow. <laughs> and Nancy Pelosi said, please take it outside. And they were about to do that. And then I think they all kind of chickened out at that point because they're like, oh, yeah, we're on TV and we're supposed to be, you know, a Congress member. <laughs> uh, devices and then pounding on the, the windows and the uh, doors uh, to the House floor. Uh, and ultimately, uh, we were told to uh, get out the gas masks that are on the House floor uh, in case tear gas was used in the chamber 
and then uh, ultimately we left uh, the House floor. This morning we heard from several people, including uh, Catherine Clark of Massachusetts, she's the number four Democrat, and she is now saying that by perhaps sometime next week, there could be an impeachment process underway within the House. Is this a process you support? And if so, what, if anything, do you think that will actually do? The president needs to leave office. You know, he cannot defend uh, life uh, in this country, uh, whether it's the coronavirus uh, or the lives uh, you know, of, of people, a part of the peaceful transition of power at the Capitol. In fact, he incited violence against the Capitol. He can't defend life and he can't defend democratic ideals uh, like a peaceful transfer of power. So he needs to leave immediately. Uh, I believe uh, if he does not resign on his own or the 25th Amendment uh, is not invoked by Vice President Pence, the House uh, must act swiftly uh, to impeach him and then remove him uh, from the Senate. Uh, but we've got 300 hours until a new president is sworn in. Now that seems like it'll be here before you know it, uh, unless you look at what happened on Wednesday, where in just a matter of minutes, the Capitol was under siege and lawmakers were retreating from the seat of government as the president's uh, terrorists uh, were taking over the Capitol. So we really have an urgency here to act and to defend the country. And we saw this not long ago, an impeachment process can really take some time with the limited time that you just pointed out. Oh, this one wouldn't be like that if there was an impeachment process. Yeah, it's already pretty clear. The articles are already drawn up. Um, they you just know, have a vote process, immediately, right? Yeah, pre- they, they can have a vote, I think, as early as Wednesday, I think, in the House. Um, they have they are required to have some form of debate and some form of time, some time for everyone to consider the articles, yada, yada, yada. So I think Wednesday is the earliest they could vote. The Senate would have to hear the arguments from the House. So, you know, at least a day or two more before the Senate could vote. And if you happen to get to two-thirds if you can get enough republicans i think they'd need like 13 or 15 republicans to vote for it it's possible it's just and it's it it would be i i still think it would be largely symbolic but he's right i mean in in any given day you know some crazy shit could go down it's only going to get crazier as i think he gets closer to being taken out i think the main reason to impeach and remove him is so that he can fucking face criminal charges for this thing yeah sooner than later like absolutely like you know and and not hopefully not allow pence to like take over and uh and pardon him too by the way that's that's another another concern um but pardon him only in federal court he can still get crushed in state court now that we have is there anything that you think that congress can really do in, in those short days you know we have to move at the speed of the president's corruption and chaos, uh, and he is not affording us, you know, the luxury of time right now. Uh, this man, although he does not have access to his Facebook or Instagram accounts, uh, still has access to the nuclear codes, and uh, he's quite irrational. Uh, he is not someone that should be trusted, you know, with the nuclear codes. And, and again, just the fear of more provocative acts from the president. Uh, moves us to act. Uh, okay, I'm not worried about that at all because there are other people in that chain that are just going to say no. If yeah, said- there is actually there's a very defined dance that has to go down for any nuclear weapon to be even considered to be used. Um, so while the president has the technically has the final say, it requires a whole, uh, yeah, like you said, a matrix of uh, of uh, checks and balances. 
But even him, ta- even him making that order and somehow it getting out on Twitter that he has made the order for us to fire on an, any other country, like fire nuclear weapons would be a massive international incident, right? So Yeah, no, it'd be, fr- it'd be frightening because because most people don't understand that that subtle nuance that we just discussed. So heads, most of, state, see- heads of state from other countries generally do. Right. But, but like the general populace, right. The 88 million people that followed him on Twitter, you know, um, you could conceivably see, you know, a good sizable chunk of them, I'd say probably 86 million, um, who don't understand that and would just see that and think that we are at war. Um, and that nuclear weapons are flying through the sky. Uh, that Eric Swalwell clip is about nine minutes long. So, uh, anybody can go watch it. It's on, um, that interview is on uh, ABC seven news out of the Bay area. That's why we had the little fake on the the ad. They're the ones that pull that with their video. They dr- remember. I think they draw. They draw us in every single time. I try to keep it to just KTVU and, and NBC because they're the only ones that have that don't fake us out with their videos. CBS. I'm looking at you. Yeah, chat's uh, asking. Chat's asking if Trump has can do things to like incite a war in another country or something. And that's a pretty good question. <laughs> well, I mean, are you? I mean. It, the U.S. the U.S. intelligence and military apparatus has been used to incite wars and to start wars and to propagate wars in other countries for many, 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 many years. Um, we just don't hear about it, you know, um, because it's done in a clandestine way. And we hear about the wars, maybe we don't understand what the U.S.'s role in them is. But I guarantee you, the U.S. has had a role in uh, many, many, many um, uh, incidents like such as that. Many, many wars, many, many civil wars disrupt our, our you know our intelligence apparatus exists in some ways to disrupt other countries just like russia's trying to disrupt us like it's not like we're not trying to disrupt them it's not like we're not trying to hack their shit it's not like we're not trying to um to upset elections in ukraine to to benefit ourselves right you just don't have the president of the united states making the call directly to another foreign leader to do it right this is all done through the black ops um but to, we shouldn't pretend like we don't do this shit ourselves um, but it's much more calculated. It's there's it's part of a strategy, right? And it's it's part of defending our, you know, our national security for the most part, not the whims of some jackass from Fifth Avenue. Well, you know, little column A, little column B. Sure. Um, well, so we're going to move on off. to winners and losers. Um, yeah, where there's no there's no winners at all this week because everyone's losing something, um, and it's just really sad. The Bay Area is just full of sadness today. Um, and it's not just because of what's happening in DC. So, um, here's, here's a little bit of you, if you're sensitive to dog stories, maybe turn away from this one. Fuck. Oh crap. They did to us too. That's okay. So, um, yeah, this is not good. There's a story about a fucking stolen puppy. This is like really, really, I mean, there's a bit of a tearjerker of an episode of a podcast here. Yeah, and, they, and we've got the ad for like the the suicide prevention council or something here going on. Or yeah, oh man, I'm gonna I'm, uh, gonna I'm gonna figure out which sites have ads, and I'll just pull the video and put it up somewhere else. And then we'll run there it you go. somewhere else. That works. That works. All right, here we go. Like a file on my computer. Here we go. Out of San Francisco. Be standing right here where it happened. <laughs> Sarah Vorhouse is shaken, desperate for Chloe, her beloved five-month-old French bulldog, to return home. She's such an angel, and we just 
just really want to get her back. Vorhaus was walking Chloe and her Shiba Inu at about 5.45 Tuesday afternoon in San Francisco's Russian Hill neighborhood when she heard a voice behind her. I turned around and he had a gun and he said, give me your dog. And then he punched me twice, took Chloe. In an instant, her constant companion, her little monster, was gone, snatched from the corner of Vallejo and Hyde streets. And... I just dropped to my knees and started screaming. Police say the attacker was among three men who confronted her. The three suspects then fled from the scene by jumping into a vehicle, which was driven by a fourth suspect. Forehouse was taken to the hospital for facial injuries from the attack. My eyes getting a little bit better, but I couldn't open it yesterday. But her main concern is for Chloe. The pup's been part of the family since she was 10 weeks old. You see any dogs that look like Chloe? If you see any sketchy posts on Craigslist, anything, just report it. Warhouse said she wasn't aware of the risk of owning an expensive dog like a Frenchie. No, it never occurred to me. Yeah. I never thought I was putting my life in danger. She says she didn't do anything wrong. Walking your dogs before dinner should not be a crime in your neighborhood. Warhouse says she's grateful that the word is getting out and that police are looking into whether someone is now trying to sell Chloe. Anyone who may have purchased a dog that matches the description of the this French bulldog. Warhouse says she hasn't been home since the robbery. Emotionally, this will probably take me years to walk outside at night by myself. San Francisco police are asking for witnesses and anyone with surveillance video of the dog napping to come forward. Henry Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 News. So this is part public service announcement, too. So if anyone does see Chloe out there, please um, get involved. Yeah, the uh, podcast someone. listeners, that might be a good reason for you to check out the YouTube of this so you can see what the dog looks like. Also, this yeah, story was, uh, was from um, KTVU.com. Uh, you can just probably look up Stolen Dog San Francisco on there. Yeah, we saw it. We also saw this on the same story on NBC, actually. So I try to get around to different the different networks. But um, yeah, uh, so it, it's a series tonight um, of uh, people stealing things from pretty much helpless folks. Um, and it, it's just goes to show the desperation that we have out there, I think, in our in our world right now. So uh, you have stealing dogs and now you got people stealing toys. A heartbreak for a sick child after someone broke into his family's car and took something priceless. 12-year-old Aiden Carter has a rare genetic condition. Here he is received, he's here in town receiving treatment at UCSF Children's Hospital. Now when the family arrived last Friday, they went to the beach near the San Francisco Zoo. That's when someone broke into their rental car and stole two backpacks. Inside, Aiden's most prized possession, Cookie Monster. Aiden says it's more than just a toy. He's been with me for the past 10 years, and every time I get a medicine, he's sitting next to me. Every time I'm going through a surgery, he's sitting next to me. And when I snuggle him, I, I, I feels like he's like my security blanket. When I feel him, I feel home. We got to get that stuffed animal back to this kid. If you have any information, you're urged to call SFPD. Yeah. Now, in this case, I can kind of, I mean, I can't forgive anyone for breaking into someone else's car, but I don't believe they intentionally stole a kid's Cookie Monster toy. It was in a bag, a nice-looking Puma bag, by the way. Um, but still, shitty, shitty move. And sucks like these folks come all the way to UCSF from out of town to get treatment, and this is how we greet them. Way to go, San Francisco. Oh, my God. Uh What's the, have you ever had uh, been a victim of uh, burglary or theft or uh, robbery, Producer Dave, or assault? 
Um, like assault outside of like a fight in high school. Not really. No, I don't even know if I was the assaulter or the assaulty. <laughs> but never like arrested or busted or or in or uh, involved in any sort of charges against someone else. No. I was assaulted once randomly on the streets of Santa Cruz, on, but it was on New Year's, so I'll, I'll forgive whoever it was, but was randomly clotheslined by some passerby. Um, clock pretty good, but yeah, never, uh, and then I'm ne- but never involved in any sort of violent encounters. I was arrested for disturbing the peace once. Oh, man. But yeah, not, I'm not going to be breaking anyone's car anytime soon. I have had things stolen from me. I've had precious things, musical instruments. Oh, laptops with unreplaceable files. Oh, it's, it's, I'd oh, have no it's unreplaceable files. It's the worst. Um, so, uh, I don't know if we want to check out that lemur story, but it was all, I think it might've been on KTVU too. So I don't know. Well, it wasn't, I don't want to, yeah, it wouldn't even, wouldn't even play. So. Oh, that's awful. Well, anyway, long story short, there was also a lemur stolen from the San Francisco zoo not too long ago. Um, but they found the bastard and they're going to jail. So there was there was a little bit of good news there. There's, it's not necessarily a winner, but it's a you know the loser isn't get isn't uh, winning quite as much. Did they find the lemur? Yeah, they did actually find the lemur. So that that that's the good news. Interesting. My my watch just heard me say NBC Bay Area and then took me to NBC Bay Area. I have a <laughs> I have a devil watch. You know, so it, it it does things. It tells me to wash my hands when I come home. It even counts to twenty. Medium in the chat is asking why they, why they even put the lemur in jail in the first place. Why they <laughs> <laughs> free the lemur, free all the animals. Um, yeah, the, the the zoo is a weird place. I have I I have to say I've had fun at zoos, but not since I've been older. It just it feels very know, wrong in a way. Even aquariums to some extent. Um, well, hey, speaking of winners. Elon Musk, our good friend Elon Musk, uh, is now apparently, according to Bloomberg, the wealthiest or richest person in the world, surpassing Jeff Bezos. Um, there is It's disputed. And Elon was himself. The, the reason why there's no video of Elon is because he was kind of nonplussed by the whole thing. So he didn't take any interviews. He just tweeted, oh, that's strange. And moved on. But this is, some, uh, this is a take, a few takes on our good local uh, Tesla CEO becoming the richest man in the world. The, the epitome of, of all of this is Tesla, which is up 700 plus percent over the last year. Um, I think you're still a shareholder, right? Have you sold any shares? Uh, what do you make of that in and of itself? 700 percent in a year? Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world as of today, passes Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it's really, it's really incredible, actually. I mean, he's somebody I've known for a really long time. I've uh, looked up to him for a long time. And here's what I would say, that he built a great car company, and somewhere along the way, you know, about five or six years ago, what I thought he was building was an energy company, and that eventually people would realize that climate change actually mattered. And it's taken five or six years for everybody to realize the same thing, and he's being rewarded. You know, the, the world's richest person should be somebody that's that's fixing and fighting climate change. Um, I think the reality is that Tesla is a distributed energy business, right? They are figuring out how to harness energy, how to store it, and then how to use it in a way to to allow humans to be productive. 
cars are a manifestation, but you know, solar panels are as well, power walls are as well. And I'm telling you right now, Scott, the big disruption that's coming Fuck this dude. is power utilities. Fuck this clip. There are trillions of dollars. God, I don't want to listen to these people from CNBC gush over Elon Musk for another second. I have known him for many years, and he's always been ahead of his time. So pro model name, to me. And his name was Producer Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the documentary about Ecoplex Media. It's going to be fabulous. It'll be like behind the music, though. I'll end up with a cocaine habit or some shit. Watch. Oh yeah, you're gonna I, I, you're gonna have like those real thick sunglasses, right? You're just sitting back in in the chair. Um, you and I will probably both not have any hair left, and you know. I remember, I remember when I first guest guested on the Plex. It was a grand affair, the Plex, back in twenty odd fifteen. Yeah, it's going to be fun times. But yeah, I, I will, I will gladly gush all over about you. So at this point in the show, we usually do a local city get your shit together. But now it's Washington D.C. Get your shit together. I seen some things. They got to. What did you see? The strangest thing I saw. You might have seen my tweet about it was they took an internal door from the Capitol. Some dude just walked off with a door from inside of the Capitol. They, like, pushed it out a window they had broken to gain access to the building, and a dude just walked off with it. That was the strangest thing I saw. In fact, I did see that tweet, and it cracked my ass up because of the way you approached it, actually. <laughs> I believe you said something along the lines. I, don't, I do not agree with your uh, uh, values. I do not agree with your methods, but I do agree with your taste in doors. It's a very fancy door. That yeah, was quite a nice door. I mean, I would hope that every door in the U.S. Capitol is fancy. I mean, even the maybe the the bathroom stall doors in the men's room, um, the public men's room, would you know probably be pretty swanky. I would hope. Um, I have actually spent quite a bit of time in the Capitol, just not recently. I was a page in the House. I actually worked on the House floor for a summer, or at least a month and a half or so in the summer. Um, so I've seen some shit. I've, I've been on top of the Capitol. I've been under the Capitol. I've been in the bowels. I've been in the the crazy maze that is the underground tunnels. Um, yeah, it's, it can, it, you can get lost in there pretty easy actually. So I, I'm not surprised that these, most of these jackasses just didn't really know what they were doing or where to go. Cause if you don't have a plan or know where you're going, it's, it's very easy to get lost in there. Well, here's coverage from a, a local media outlet of sorts of the uh, moment that the door was stolen. Nice. Oh, we've got video door video. This is beautiful. That were slated to talk there at 1 p.m. But once it became apparent that the streets were blocked off, they're like, "Don't tread on me. Tre literally, don't tread on me. Tread on other people." Tread on the door. Decided to regroup and head back towards our hotel where we we're going to do a nighttime show. As I was walking down the street, I saw what was happening here on the Capitol steps. And I yeah, the people in the chat are delusional. They're like, "Oh, these aren't so Trump supporters." Look, why do they have a door? Why did they take a door? And I couldn't find you. What I found. What are they going to do with that door? And I stuck with it. I it's got a symbol. To take it to take it. I, I think it's a symbol of how they've been locked out, and now they've, you know, they've opened up their government again. They've taken down the. They're taking down the barriers to their success, and their and uh, they're making America great again. They're making that door great again. I was just, uh, I mean, I saw some other stuff. I saw some more of this weird cognitive dissonance shit where the people were like telling the cops that like, oh, but we're on the same side. You should, you know, help us do a fucking revolution. <laughs> I don't know what they were right. saying. Like we're protect, we're protecting you from, we're protecting you from the Black Lives Matter folks and you protected us. So, you know, we're on the same team. We both, we both hate Black Lives Matter and defund the police. 
so therefore the yeah the enemy of my enemy is my friend something like that although yeah, and some of the footage i saw today i i really was i've been tr absorbing this in chunks because it's just been too much and i get i get really spicy the good wife will tell you we both get pretty spicy so in order to save our marriage we've been absorbing this in small chunks and some of the footage I saw today of just the the dumb assery and the violence that these idiots perpetrated, whether or not they, you know, I, I don't think it was any sort of, they weren't organized. I wouldn't call them organized. I wouldn't call them even, you know, a cohesive unit or a cohesive uh, group. Um, but the, just the dumb assery and violence combined is just disgusting. I can't believe, just, I, I, that's what I can't believe. I can believe all this happened and that, that, that um, it was, perpetrated and propagated and pro promoted by the president um but uh sometimes the the level of disparity <laughs> the level of, of uh depravity that's the word um uh, is just it, th that's what does surprise me sometimes once the people were inside because i was watching a couple there were, we found a couple streams of people inside the capitol mm. and they were the people were just milling about in there kind of aimlessly trying right. to get through doors that were closed. Maybe it didn't seem like they knew why they wanted to get through the door. It was just that it was closed that or they that wanted the to get through the door. And yeah, the guy in front of them went that way and you know, that's the way to go. Anybody that tried to like do anything in any sort of leadership type of way was ignored. Um, people were shouting out basically unhinged Facebook comments in the middle of the lobby like it was, it was like QAnoners and anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers and fucking tea partiers and fucking don't tread on me taxationist theft people. And they were just all kind of there and they were mad, but they didn't seem to have an idea of what they were doing there or like it didn't, it, it seemed like if it would have had any direction, things would have been much worse. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I think you're dead right. Um, and I th it's even evidenced by, I, there were some folks who were saying, well, you know, they didn't know. It's the people's building, so they didn't know you couldn't just waltz on in. And you know what? I will actually, you know, I'll give that to, you know, I'm, I'm sure a good chunk of them believe that, that it's just people's building. You just walk right in any time and whatever. Because you can't do that, actually, at most public public buildings. Um, and you saw, I don't know if you saw some of the footage, but um, there was a good contingent of these folks who were like, walking between the stanchions, you know, and just sort of like looking around like they were tourists and taking selfies and photos. Right. Meanwhile, there's, you know, the sort of more rowdy bunch that were going around them. Right. And, and, and causing trouble and wreaking havoc. But there was a bunch of them. We were sort of wandering around like, you know, a uh, mom, pa from Oklahoma with the, with the cell phone. I was taking pictures of everything. Like this is their first time at the Capitol. How exciting. Right. Well, like a, I said, it's where, like, um, where's the, where's the gift store gift store. I think these people had no idea. Like, I think a lot of these people just sort of thought they were, I, I think so many of those people were live streaming and like kind of doing, doing like, you know, if Madison star moon went to that, you know, she'd have her fucking phone running the whole time. Right. Sure. So that she sure. could have her live stream up on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. And I think yeah. such a high number of those people who were like maybe leaders within the movement, if that makes any sense, like people with a big following, mm -hmm. so many of those people were there streaming that anybody who knew how to talk to anybody in any kind of way was unavailable because they were busy raising their own profile in, in like 
in like in like sh- in like dumb shit kicker uh in influencer space right 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 any sort of leaders were just leading their own little sphere their own little world right their own little influencer sphere and they weren't thinking about the the battle that was going on right in front of them and that's <laughs> that someone needed to lead um right. yeah, i think I, a lot I of people that went in there with their phones to film were doing it they had, they were they had they wanted the government to be overthrown, but they w- didn't want to do it themselves. They just wanted to, everybody to know that they were there when it happened because they were on Facebook live. <laughs> right. Right. Or just by being there, it would just, that you know, you know, they could will it to happen. Right. Or they would just be, you're right. Like they're just adjacent. They're revolution adjacent. Right. Uh, I guess that's the only thing that's the saving grace of all this. Right. Is that it wasn't an armed militia that would did this, but you know, it's only a matter to me. It's like only a matter of time before that happens. It was like Maybe members of like, it was like members of like probably 150 to 200 different Facebook groups showed up there. Right. And I'm sure some militia members and I'm sure, you know, some, uh, some other uh, folks who don't have any problem thinking about, you know, violence um, to defend their values. I think some of us need to get a little more comfortable with the idea of having to use violence to defend our values and, and what we believe to be our democracy. Um, but good news is it hasn't come here yet to the Bay Area. <laughs> but it's only, to me, it's only a matter of time. Well, and, I don't know. That dude in that first video who fucking took out that guy who fucking went after that lady seemed okay with using, you know, aggressive self-defense or aggressive community defense. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Um, so it, 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 to me, it is only a matter of time before they get better leadership and there, there is something a little more organized. Because at the end of the day, these are terrorists we're talking about. They are domestic terrorists. Whether they know it or not, whether they would agree with that or not, they are domestic terrorists. And um, they're only going to get, I think, more organized. I, I disagree. Don't think they need... hmm? I disagree, at least not in the near term. <clears throat> I don't think that like if there's an event on the 20th, like a lot of people are saying there is like, and by that, I mean the people in some of the Facebook terrorist cell groups I'm in, mm-hmm. that's going to be exactly like this. The same fucking thing's going to happen because you I can't bring so. guns into DC. Yeah. So they're not going to be bringing guns into DC. They don't know how to organize. They probably don't know how to shoot either, but that doesn't matter because if you're shooting in a crowd, you'll hit something eventually. But like they, they, you know, the difference between this and like the street actions we've seen in Portland is there are people who have been protesting many different things in Portland as part of a protest movement for decades. And they're able to lead, not to bark orders, but to lead and to help people get organized and to give people advice. And okay, if this happens, we need to do this. If this happens, we should do this. And none of there there's, I don't think there are those people because all these people, like when, when they were interviewing people on some of the feeds, people were from Washington state, like Utah, they were from Florida you know, from none, it wasn't like these were like people who lived in this neighborhood and that they're being arrested in Arkansas and Alabama too, which is nice. At least they're, they are getting out and grabbing some of these folks that they can identify. Yeah. yeah the no, 19th I, I and the 20th might be wild, but it's going to be completely like, n- it's not mission. It's not going to be any kind of mission driven shit because they're all, I'm telling you there so many of those people that others might listen to are we going to be spending their time there trying to be a fucking internet star trying to be yeah. an influencer doing their yeah. little live and they're going to be doing that. And so like, good. Yeah. Dumbass. 
Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, you're right. I, I don't think that the democracy is is uh, in jeopardy. I don't think that the inauguration is in jeopardy. I don't. I agree with you. If, if there's any, if anything happens in D.C., it will be on this level, and hopefully, it won't even get to that level because now they're hopefully a little more prepared. Um, <laughs> but probably not. Regardless, I'm my, my worry is somewhere, you know, out, you know, in in the lower forty eight, somewhere where. Uh, the militia presences are a little stronger and they can pull on a smaller scale, you know, uh, actions that they can get very violent and kill a lot of people um, and cause a lot of havoc and cause a lot of heart heartache and pain um, and not overthrow the government, but uh, just create tragedy after tragedy that we have to deal with and, and mop up and, and, and each one of them, further calcifies the the polarization that we're dealing with right now and the the misinformation and the hate and the, the pain so that's that's more when i say organized it's more on like the local level and the the smaller groups not necessarily this mass um of like we said like a bunch of uh, disparate type folks who are there for a lot of different reasons right and that, and it's like almost like fucking obligatory now facebook yeah. is the biggest problem in all of this. These people were all radicalized and taught conspiracy theories. And these yeah. people were all on Facebook. These people weren't on the 4chan, the 8chan. Most of these people weren't on parlor. They weren't on fucking, I don't know. So they weren't on like an actual QAnon uh, website or whatever. If they learned about QAnon, they learned about that shit on Facebook and Facebook. If it knows how to advertise to me, it knows who these fucking people are They're, You know what I'm saying? They could oh, sure. find a, a way to get rid of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, they've got the facial rec software already. So they, well, no, um, I just mean like sit, I just mean, I don't mean like find these people in the real world. I just mean, take this stuff off their website. I'm telling you, no, they know yeah. what to advertise to you. They know enough sure. about you to know it. It wouldn't get everyone, but for fuck's sake. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, like, they, they, they know it better than anyone. Fucking vernacular that goes with this shit. Yeah. And it benefits them to keep ever keep those folks in an algorithmic, you know, loop, feedback loop. Um, so they know exactly who these folks are and what their triggers are and what the, where the pressure points are and who the influencers are. They know they could shut it all down. You're right. They could shut it down tomorrow. Um, they could have they could have shut Donald Trump down fucking day one. They could have um, shut down says, all the groups for this event weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. If I was able to find some groups for this, they had no problem shutting down the groups for the event as soon as the fucking people stormed the Capitol. Make no mistake. Those groups were gone. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's. Uh, I think one no reason is they can tell the press they uh, took the groups down, but the second reason is that the press can't go in and look and see what the fuck was going on in the groups that Facebook let happen in the first place because the group's right. gone. No record, exactly. May I call pl or, uh, uh, plausible deniability? Right, that's what they call it. Well, they just say, "Oh, we did the right thing." We thought, and they could say, "Oh, we thought we w you wanted us to take this stuff down." Oh, now you now you don't want it down. Now you want to see it. Sure, that's oh, that would be with the that's, refrain. That's, that's, that's exactly how Facebook would respond. That's how Jack's responding. <laughs> or how people are responding to Jack now. Um, oh, the fucking today also on Twitter. It was mayhem. I loved it. Today was like watching all these people get fucking taken down. I was just sitting there waiting for like Jack Posobiec to get taken off, but he wasn't taken off. Sitting there waiting for fucking Rudy G, Rudy G to get taken off. He wasn't taken uh, off. Fuck, it God, was mayhem. He deserves, to, he deserves to be Jesus Christ. Like, fucking <clears throat> Google and Apple uh, got rid of Parler. Parler's website was down. People are barking at DreamHost now, trying to get them to like n take away Parler's domain because that's what their domain can, is. Can Trump still be on Parler? Of course, he, they want him on Parler. He hasn't, been, he hasn't been banned yet. That'd be funny if they banned him. 
You know, he should get on TikTok, I, I think. They'd ban him immediately from TikTok. <laughs> I wonder if his channel got banned on Twitch. What if he only could do dances to Fleetwood Mac songs? Wouldn't that be, how beautiful would that be? If that's the only way he could communicate, he'd had to figure out ways to communicate through Fleetwood Mac lyrics. <laughs> I think that'd be fabulous. I do not want to see him dancing on TikTok, please. All right, you're, that's true. That's true. Well, that, I guess then we should be happy he's not coming to the inauguration so we don't have to see him dance. Period. Um, sad sack of shit. Uh, anyway. But yeah, the shit's crazy. Fucking, we tried to warn people when we first started fucking podcasting. Right? I legitimately had people barking at me, being like, Why aren't you covering real issues and important stuff? You seem like a smart guy. Why are you involved? Where are you all, all down this conspiracy rabbit hole? And I'm like, I think this stuff's important. I was like, And, um, you know, some of us thought the men's rights movement might get start getting violent, and then some of them started getting shooty. And so, you know, this is the one I'm going after now, and I think this is going to become a big problem. And most of the people there, I mean, the election being rigged is a conspiracy theory, but also I bet those people there are all anti-maskers, and they fucking believe the fucking shit in the pandemic movie, or they believe, you know, chemtrails. Maybe not the flat Earth. Nobody believes in the flat Earth anymore. That was fucking complete. That's like fucking. It's it's time for QAnon. Yeah, there was QAnon people there. There was fucking. It was just like this disparate co collection of like militia types or fucking people you'd find in a local Facebook group about crime in your neighborhood and conspiracy mm -hmm. theorists. And so like, this is a big problem. Like it, it, it just is. And, uh, mainstream, mainstream news is just fucking way late to the party. Way As late usual. to the party. As usual. Oh, enjoy it. Well, um, yeah, DC, you really got to get your shit together, especially the Capitol Police, but don't want to get, I can't really fault the, the troops because they just got abandoned by their, by lack of leadership and lack of strategy. Both sides, on both sides, producer Dave, lack of strategy. Well, I don't know. I think once the, uh, I think the state of Virginia was the first people to have their state police show up and then they, there was a clear strategy to create a perimeter and stuff. And, uh, what are the other, right. the last thing I want, the last thing I want to say on this before we move on is I wish the police could show that kind of restraint in every situation where you hold yeah. a woman's hand and walk her down the stairs because she's wearing high heels at the protest. Okay. Like cops think about this next time you're dealing with a protest somewhere else. If those cops were able to, I don't know, they used very few anti-crowd rounds and just kept moving the perimeter out. And the people were hitting them with baseball bats and they had already broken into the Capitol, like, and jumped through the windows and shit to steal stuff. I mean, right. if you could do, if you can show that kind of restraint, which is against what is essentially an armed in or, you know, an attempted insurrection and a takeover of the Capitol, I think the police in somewhere else can show some more restraint when people are like spray painting a statue and like yelling black lives matter and throwing a water bottle at them. Right. Or a, <laughs> or a small or a small rock. I mean, those aren't all the same person in this scenario, but no. <laughs> but I think that I think that a lot of times police and conflate them all to be the same person, and that's what they use as their justification for truncheoning someone or shooting them with a rubber bullet. That person represents all of those things to them in that in that moment. So again, um, let's tone down the rhetoric. Let's cool it down. Let's take a breath. Let's all try to learn to live together um, and see if we can actually make it fucking happen that would be amazing um i don't think it's possible but yeah i'm, fucking if, so, if far, were, I'm so far in the other direction i think that like i think that like the people who hold these kinds of views should just be shunned from polite society i think we should do a cancel culture like at all times we should be in a constant state of cancel culture 
I was speaking of our, our law enforcement friends who who oh. um, are not racists, but uh, are a little itchy on the trigger fingers. So, but yes, yeah, so no, I yeah. F- f- the 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 forty three percent of Republicans who think this was a good idea that this happened, yeah, they can all go fuck themselves and take and get the fuck out of my country, right? Um, as far as I'm concerned, like fuck you, <laughs> I'm taking my country back. Well, Washington D.C., get your shit together. We hope, uh, we hope for the good people of state. Washington D.C. that there's no like bombings and shit on the 19th and the 20th. Yeah, we we hope you become a state so you can get a couple senators and we can help to you know rectify some things and you actually get some representation for yourselves. That'd be awesome. And you'd have your own national guard you could call out, which would have been, uh, I think, a little helpful. Right. Yeah. Poor, that poor. <laughs> uh, poor people of D.C. All right. Well, hey. Um, DC gets your shit together. We're going to move down ballot now, uh, I believe. Um, and this is not really a, a down an election type political story. This is just a local news story and a, a real tragedy actually that happened. Um, looks like this morning, early this morning, um, in downtown San Jose. So if anyone's familiar with, uh, this stretch of San Fernando, um, you know, this, this will probably come as quite of a shock. Good morning, it's 11.38. Much more on developments in D.C. in a moment. But first here, live from San Jose, breaking news. A four-alarm fire in downtown San Jose. That's a picture taken at the height of the fire. You can see it's burning in the Cinnabar building. It's at San Fernando and 3rd Street. San Jose Fire Department says it's a vacant two-story commercial building. NBC Bay Area's Chris Sanchez is live at the scene. Chris, go ahead. Well, hi there, Chris. We got a lot of phone calls in the newsroom about this one because the smoke was visible from quite a distance. And it's no wonder why this is a pretty active fire. You see how many firefighters from the San Jose Fire Department are battling this place. It's a two-story building, and the fire appears to be in the upper level mostly. When we first arrived here now, it looks like there's damage on the lower level as well. This is a building that houses several different kinds of restaurants, the Cinnabar, which is a uh, a bar, and then another bar. bar. And then there's the Chacho's Mexican restaurant, which uh, ironically just closed for business for good permanently in the last two weeks because of the pandemic. Firefighters here battling the blaze with several fire trucks. They have ladders up. This is now a four alarm fire. As I understand, they may be requesting mutual aid as well. And it is uh, a pretty raging fire. A little bit of mist in the air that might be helping the situation, but probably not to the extent that firefighters would like. The good news is that there were no rescues and no one was injured in this fire. The bad news is that from this untrained eye, that building looks to be a total loss. Right now, it is contained to just that one building that is here on East San Fernando Street between 2nd and 3rd. We're going to keep asking questions about how this fire might have started, which is what all the folks around here keep asking us. They want to know what happened. Uh, We don't have an answer to that just yet, but when we get it, we'll bring it to you. In San Jose, Chris Sanchez, NBC Bay Area News. I really like the Cinnabar. That was a cool place to hang out. It really was. Um, this is kind of tragic. I know they've been they've been shut down too since all this shit started. So the the whole building was quote unquote vacant, but it's only vacant because of COVID. It's only vacant because we're in such a shit mess already. And it's I don't believe this is going to necessarily impact the tenants or the former tenants just because. Um, I mean, Cinnabar at least was closed, but as far as like financially, I think it's really up to the owner to, to the building owner to sort out. But yeah, the whole thing, except for the facade, looks like it's done. Um, and that's a really nice 
stretch, really nice historic building uh, facade that I hope they can save um, and figure something out with. But it's just another tragedy that downtown didn't need uh, the, another another dark dark hole <laughs> and another vacancy and another black hole um, in downtown San Jose that downtown San Jose doesn't need because it's not like downtown Campbell or downtown Los Catas. It's not going to come back you know, right away. It's going to take some time. It was already, it wasn't even back to begin with. So, uh, I'm, you know, there's going to be a lot of work to be done. Speaking of policy in local government to, to try to provide some relief to our downtown businesses and, and, uh, and residents, frankly, because they're getting, they're getting shit on, uh, pretty heavily during all this. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be one less bar. It's not like there's another bar that's going to pop up somewhere. It's just one less bar. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right. in downtown San Jose, if a bar catches on fire, it's not like somebody else opens another one down the street. San Jose is like, oh, look, one less bar in downtown. Good. Right. We'll open up an avocado toast. Right. Uh, cafe. <laughs> Art- artisanal cupcake shop. Whatever it is, you need to close at 930 and we'd be happy to issue your permit. Right. And don't poop in front of it, please. <laughs> BT dubs, producer Dave. There are so many poop stories out there right now that um, we could do a whole. I-, I was tempted to put together a whole poop docket, but we're Would finding so much- next week. We're finding so much poop out there. It's, it's unbelievable. And poop being used in all sorts of different ways. Um, so the good wife and I might, might do an exclusive poo docket. For yeah, if you guys, for if you guys want to put together a poop docket, just let me know so I don't start putting together a regular one. Speaking of getting your shit together, right? Um, right. Well, uh, it is, it has, we are coming close to the end of the, uh, another fantastic episode of Down Ballot. But as always, we have to come back with another thing. And uh, typically it's something uplifting and and happy and i i guess this qualifies um but you know i'll I'll hear what i'd love to hear what you have to think you think about this and what what some folks in the chat might but uh we're going to be honoring our 44th president speaking of presidents um the last respectable president uh in san jose by naming a street after him Changing the map in San Jose, city council members voted unanimously this afternoon to rename a downtown corridor Barack Obama Boulevard. The plan has been in the works for three years to honor the legacy of the 44th president. The stretch of road to be named for him right now has three street names. It's about a half mile long. It's Bird Avenue from Interstate 280 to West San Carlos, which then changes to South Montgomery and then becomes Autumn Street past the SAP Center. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah, right through the middle of the Googleplex. So by the time it's renamed, it'll all be changed anyway. <laughs> actually, no, that'll be the th- that will be the thoroughfare. They're actually planning that for that to be a, a pretty uh, probably the the broadest thoroughfare through the Googleplex. But yeah, so Barack Obama gets a, a street name. Um, I don't know. I to be honest with you, we've had forty five presidents now. I don't know how many streets in San Jose are named after. The other forty-three presidents, I guess. Um, I'm hoping we'll never have one named after the forty-fifth, but who knows? Um, so I don't know how equitable or, or uh, fair this is. Um, and I also am a big proponent of not naming anything after people until they are dead. Um, but that being said, uh, I'm a big fan of Barack Obama. I worked on his campaigns. I, I can't say that I, I don't think this is uh, good in some way. At the same time, it's like you know, uh, can we wait a little bit? Give it, give it some time. Um, we really need to, to go through this process, but hopefully, Mr. Bird and Mr. Montgomery and Mr. and Mr. Autumn or whoever aren't too offended by us renaming the streets after <laughs> after Barack. I mean, all birds uh, everywhere are going to be offended. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> that birds uh, are just going to shit on everything all over the part of that street. It used to be Bird <laughs> Avenue. 
It actually was a Mr. Bird, though. There was a, there, it was a, uh, it's named after a person. Um, so they're actually what they're, uh, the group that proposed, uh, promoted this idea and took it to the city. Um, they actually did do some outreach to the bird family to find out if they would be super offended, but there's a whole nother stretch of bird in Willow Glen. That's going to be for perfectly fine on the other side of 280. So this is the, this is the dirty side of 280. So I'm sure the Willow Gleners don't really care as a, as a um, person who, uh, as a person who rides a bike from the West side to downtown San Jose, I, I'm familiar with all those streets. Cause that's how you avoid the, that's a part of the route that one would take to avoid the major streets. If you were riding. Yeah. Downtown. absolutely yeah. absolutely and uh, it's got and bird has some some bike lanes on it at, at some stretch i'm not uh in a little bit through this stretch as well so it'll be a really nice uh thoroughfare like i said once the googleplex is completed it's coming up all around it so it'll, it'll be pretty nice anyway well something to look forward to um you'll be seeing that that's uh freeway exit sign coming to a 280 northbound near you um pretty soon but uh that's all we got i think for the docket for down ballot this week i'm very glad that you all joined us I'll ch- i'm gonna check on my pop-out chat and see how everyone's doing <clears throat> yeah, and if, if you're listening you to the podcast if you're listening to the podcast of this make sure you uh follow us on twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplex media we stream seven days a week now i also just wanted to announce for any local music heads that might be out there a uh, local loves now an open panel show unless we have a scheduled interview there's information on our website echoplexmedia.com slash panel you can just join that if you're like a local music head. Um, if you're not a local music head, we might let you stay. We might kick you out. We don't know. Uh, Saturday night, so we also do a little bit of an open panel before um, before Echoplex sessions. And uh, that starts sometime between 7 and 8. There's not really a hard start time on that. It's just something me and, me and the media wench and uh, usually Juan Maserati get together, rock some local jams, and try to talk about art and music and what everybody's kind of up to under the quarantine or the shelter in place we try not to talk too much uh straight politics on that but that stuff does come up too and anybody's welcome to join if they want to talk about like how the, how all this has impacted the art community the music community music scene in your area the entertainment industry in general in your area especially if you're involved in entertainment or were involved in entertainment outside of twitch prior maybe to coming to twitch uh, bands from other areas that are you know having a you know maybe learning new things are welcome to join all that stuff we're just not trying to have a political panel where people debate about Donald Trump. We're trying to have a little bit of fun and have a little bit of a chill stream on Saturday night before I hit the decks at 10 PM Pacific on the conduit. So yeah, just podcast uh, listeners understand that we're glad you're listening, but you are kind of missing out on uh, the funner parts. Plus like after this show, it's not like I'm going away. It's not like the live thing is going away. Patrons know this. They're like, wait a minute, your show's over. Why is there still three and a half hours left on the MP3? And they go ahead a little bit. They're like, oh, Dave's been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, podcast listeners, there's just a lot of other stuff going on. If you don't like live stuff, though, you can also just grab all of our other podcasts, search for Echoplex Media on your podcatcher. Right now we have four. We have The Plex. We have Local Love. We have The Intellectual Dollar Tree. And we have Down Ballot. Those are all weekly shows that post usually the day after we do the recording. So those are all real good and send us some money at patreon.com slash echoplex um i don't know smash that donate button smash that donate button also um even if you don't care to use twitch or uh you know watch live stuff make an account and follow us anyway it's good for my ego shit yeah and subscribe oh, yeah. to youtube youtube.com slash echoplex media too we post some of these videos on youtube if you prefer youtube we're not live on youtube though fuck that shit 
And don't follow us on Facebook. Don't even bother. Go follow Donald Trump. Wait, you can't. Oh, it's too bad. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening to Down Ballot. Thanks for joining me again, Councilman. As always, Bruce Dave, thank you for uh, running the dials and everything, and uh, I'll see you soon. Yep, yep. Maybe for tomorrow's uh, open panel, if you have time, pop by. Peace. Peace out.